0: Hello, everyone. Justin Vakula here with another episode in my Stoic Philosophy series. Today's episode is titled Complaining. Visit my website at justinvacula.com, where you can find links to my social portals, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and see past Stoic Philosophy content on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Support me on my new Patreon.com page, in which I offer several rewards to patrons. My Stoic Philosophy series explores the tradition of Stoicism with goals to inform, empower, and help others benefit from practical wisdom of ancient Greek, Roman, and modern thinkers, including Epictetus, Marcus Aurelius, and Seneca. For the Stoics, a main focus is pursuing virtue to attain a well-examined life through practical applications of philosophy, acting with good character, using reason to form accurate, careful judgments about the world, and achieving contentment. Stoic writers focus on many perennial human concerns and urge people to take action, applying what they learn to everyday life. Self-improvement is central to Stoic thought, strengthening and improving one's mindset. Complaining Expressing dissatisfaction or annoyance about a state of affairs is something stoic writers talk of as being unproductive, ungracious, and unadmirable, at least when not accompanied with a plan for change toward achieving a goal where change is possible. Perhaps we might feel good after complaining. Maybe we like being heard, venting our concerns with others, or even to ourselves with a sort of inner speech. But complaining can have many drawbacks in causing us to focus too much and become annoyed with things we have little influence over. We can fail to appreciate things that are going well for us and take much for granted. A focus on the negative elements of life, things we do not like, after all, is linked to depression, a bias toward the negative, and rumination can lead to clinical symptoms. People can complain about innumerable things, including financial worries or difficulties. Poor drivers, relationships, work, poor customer service, perceived misfortune at poker tables, and difficulties with technology. Merely expressing dissatisfaction likely won't help the situation, can make us more annoyed, lead to anger, lead to more stress, and interfere with our daily routine. Rather than merely complaining, we can recognize that we can have power over our thoughts and choose to accept what has happened in many situations and move on relatively undisturbed. Perhaps we can think about how we can avoid particular situations, make changes to influence outcomes, or work toward reducing stressors by choosing different plans of action. Perhaps we find that our job is largely unfulfilling, our boss behaves in a nasty manner, our coworkers aren't doing their jobs properly, which places a larger work burden on us, the pay is low, the hours are too demanding, and we don't find a sense of meaning in our work. What courses of action can we take? We can complain and keep doing what we are doing, resigning to the fact that our job is of low quality, not trying to change anything. We can also try to make changes at work to foster a better work environment, manage our time better, and better tolerate the situation, perhaps seeing the job as a means to an end while looking for new opportunities in other workplaces. Perhaps we'll vent to friends about our dissatisfaction, but we can also take action to change our lives. In almost every area of life, we can find something we dislike. Utopia is quite unlikely. We can come to accept the areas which can be improved after trying to change, but seeing our efforts as being unsuccessful. If we determine the positives outweigh the negatives, especially in time, novelty will fade away with new workplaces, relationships, material possessions, and with familiarity we can find areas we would like to see change in. Perhaps we are really happy at first, but the honeymoon phase ends and then we complain. The realization of novelty fading allows us to expect a drop in satisfaction and not have unrealistic expectations of elevated bliss, which, when it may go away, will lead us to complain. Let's look to Seneca's letters to Lucilius for some thoughts on complaining. In his letter titled, On the Futility of Halfway Measures, Seneca talks about people complaining about their work, although they enjoy the rewards of their labor. Seneca doesn't suggest people choose just any job, but rather select a good job. He writes, A good man will not waste himself upon mean and discredible work, or be busy merely for the sake of being busy neither will he, as you imagine, become so involved in ambitious schemes that he will have continually to endure their ebb and flow. Here is the part about complaining. Men complain about their ambitions as they complain about their mistresses. In other words, if you penetrate their real feelings, you will find, not hatred, but bickering. Search the minds of those who cry down what they desired, who talk about escaping from things which they are unable to do without. You will comprehend that they are lingering of their own free will in a situation which they declare they find it hard and wretched to endure. On Seneca's view, people are imposing a sort of slavery upon themselves by not making change and complaining, bickering about circumstances in their lives they can change. Instead they can take action to change circumstances and or change their mindset and behaviors to complain less, accept more, and be more positive. Perhaps they can get a new job, even though the grass, as it is said, may not be greener on the other side. We can ask what would be traded for what? If we were to leave a current position, what are we giving up and what would be gained? If a transition doesn't seem to be worth it, then what good would complaining do? Should we remain in the same work environment? Can it do any good? I talk more about acceptance, overcoming adversity, and gratitude in previous podcast episodes you can listen to on SoundCloud. In his letter titled On Master and Slave, Seneca talks more about self-imposed slavery, the most disgraceful kind of slavery, he says, and people creating problems for themselves by finding faults and complaining rather than reducing desires and being grateful. Seneca writes... That which annoys us does not necessarily injure us, but we are driven into wild rage by our luxurious lives, so that whatever does not answer our whims arouses our anger. We don the temper of kings, for they too, forgetful alike of their own strength and other man's weakness, grow white-hot with rage, as if they had received an injury, when they are entirely protected from such injury by their exalted station. They are not unaware that this is true, but by finding fault they seize upon opportunities to do harm. They insist they have received injuries, in order that they may inflict them. There's something to be said here about the dangers of exaggerating what annoys us and complaining about annoyances. There's further danger, too, in becoming so annoyed that we believe we have been injured and then wanting to exact revenge on someone else, lose control of our rational mind, and even cause ourselves harm in our anger. Here's more about taking action, rather than merely complaining, from Seneca's letter titled On Grief for Lost Friends. Seneca writes, If a man has lost his one and only tunic through robbery chooses to bewail his plight rather than look about him for some way to escape the cold or for something with which to cover his shoulders would you not think him an utter fool If we're finding something missing in our lives, or something about our past which ails us, we can work to improve our current situation, and not dwell on our misfortune, not complain, but instead, take action. Let's not be the fool, but instead be someone who works towards self-improvement, reasonable goals, and a strong mindset which can overcome difficulties while being relatively undaunted. Stoicism, contrary to what some critics believe, is not about passive resignation, but is about acceptance of the past and present, while working to make changes where possible to improve our quality of life. We can show courage in taking action, being defiant, and working to bear circumstances with an eye toward improvement. Here's more from Seneca about not complaining and not making our troubles worse than they actually are in his letter titled, On the Healing Power of the Mind. Seneca writes, Do not of your own accord make your troubles heavier to bear and burden yourself with complaining. Pain is slight if opinion has added nothing to it. But if, on the other hand, you begin to encourage yourself and say, It is nothing, a trifling matter at most. Keep a stout heart and it soon will cease. Then in thinking it slight, you will make it slight. It is according to opinion that we suffer. A man is as wretched as he has convinced himself that he is." In his letter titled On the Supreme Good, Seneca encourages people not to focus on what he calls revolting things, and through a better focus, a more productive focus and fulfilled life, we can have more contentment, acceptance, and less complaining. We can set goals to improve our lives, have reasonable desires, and not procrastinate. He writes, I fully understand what this task is. It is a thing which I desire, and I desire it with all my heart. I see that you also have been aroused, and are hastening with great zeal toward infinite beauty. Let us then hasten. Only on these terms will life be a boon to us. Otherwise, there is delay, and indeed disgraceful delay, while we busy ourselves with revolting things. Let us see to it that all time belongs to us. In his letter titled On Benefits, Seneca talks about dealing with other people. Rather than assuming ill intent or jumping to conclusions, we can be charitable toward others in our interpretations and thus reduce our complaining and thinking that we have been injured. Seneca writes, And what is more wretched than a man who forgets his benefits and clings to his injuries? He despises the wrongs done him, not accidentally, but voluntarily. He does not put a wrong construction upon everything, or seek for someone whom he may hold responsible for each happening, but rather ascribes the sins of man to chance. He will not misinterpret a word or a look. He makes light of all mishaps by interpreting them in a generous way. The spirit of kindliness always tries to bend every doubtful case toward the better interpretation. An attitude of charity and not making such a big deal about slights from others, real or imagined, should help us complain less and focus more on good happenings in our life things in our control and allow us to be more content. To recap, rather than merely complaining, we should take action to change that which we can and work toward a better quality of life, including realistic goals. For that which we cannot change, we can work on acceptance, be more grateful for the good parts of life, not exaggerate our difficulties, and not create problems for ourselves. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more content. Visit my website at justinfacula.com, where you can find links to my social portals, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and see past Stoic Philosophy content on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Consider donating if you support my work, and would like to see more, for this takes time, money, and effort to produce content. Support me on my new Patreon.com page, in which I offer several rewards to patrons. Have a good day.